You are listening to Prickly and Blooming, brought to you by LaJoy Society. And now, your hostess, Jesse Browning. All right, all right, all right. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. How are you? Welcome back. Hello, friends. I'm so happy uh, to be joining you weekly again. It sounds really corny since I don't see y'all. It's just me speaking into a microphone, but I've missed you. <laughs> the Wednesday ritual of the new episodes is like fun and exciting and and um, the, it kind of marks time for me. So just here in the break recording this, excited to get back to uh, regular time. So I'm super proud, y'all. My first season is done and here we are at season two. And I just like the women that we've met, the stories that we've heard. I mean, I get goosebumps thinking about it, like about how cool it was that these women showed up for me. Um, when I sent them usually just like a cold call email, like, hey, you don't know me. This is my podcast. I got your name from so-and-so. You might be interested in telling me your story. Would you like to? Like, I, how cool is that? Like, I get all prickly. I get all goosebumps. Like, these women have showed up, you know, as their whole truest selves and I you know I'm not asking for like a little for this podcast I'm asking for a lot you know tell me the shittiest time of your life okay go you know it's not fluff (laughs) you know it's it's real shit and this it's not easy for people to tell their story and so like kudos to all y'all in that first season and now embarking on the second season who are here for this, you know? Um, it, it, it reminds me of, um, was it last week, a couple weeks ago, a friend of mine sent me, time is still weird. Time is still a little COVID weird. Um, she sent me this, um, meme that said, um, be a cactus in a world of delicate flowers. Y'all, you can understand why she sent it to me. Like, duh cactus hello and it's i'm i want to get it tattooed maybe on my forehead (laughs) just kidding no i won't do that (laughs) uh be a cactus in a world of delicate flowers like y'all are here to be cactuses with me ladies we cactuses and it's so fun finding other cactuses so i just like bow my head in gratitude for these women showing up as you know our messy and beautiful selves and you know with our pain and our joy and our thorns and our flowers and just all the analogies you want to come up with Um, you know like Brene Brown will preach and I will listen Uh, and this is her ready her quote and this is what makes me think of the women who I've been honored to have on the show. People who wade in... Quote, ready? Quote, Brene. This is Brene. Quote. People who wade into discomfort and vulnerability and tell the truth about their stories are the real badasses. I agree. You know, I agree with that so much. You know, I took action and started this podcast. Like, I'm so much so, you know that I'm like, let's hear their stories. Let's just just talk about like, oh yeah, we've all got a story. Like be kind. Everyone's walking through a story. I'm like, oh no, let's tell the stories. Let's hear the stories. Let's share our stories. Not just this mysterious, you know, 
background thing that happened to us. Like we can show up and talk about it. How about that? So here we are. Okay. I'm going to stop talking about being back and so excited in season two. Um, let me tell you about this week. Oh, and let me, actually, let me tell you, there's going to be a couple new things this season. I have a fun rapid fire questioning at the end, which I think y'all will love. I love it. Uh, speaking of Brene Brown, I had this idea <laughs> that, to do this rapid fire question thing um, back in season one. And then she came out with her show and she does it too. And I was like, oh, Brene beat me to it. Um, but I thought of it when, um, do you remember when The Daily Show was hosted by Greg Kinnear? Yeah. Dating myself pre-John Stewart. Um, he used to do, I think, five questions at the end. And um, so, yeah, um, that's uh, a new addition to the show. Um, these intros I'm going to do in the beginning so you can hear from me saying like, hi, here we are um, before we get into the interview. So uh, this week, okay, here we go. Season two, episode one. We're going to meet Casey Axoy. Uh, she is a love and sensuality coach. Y'all, for real, did you hear that? How cool is that? A love coach. And guess where the love starts, everyone? With yourself, of course. And of course, where did it start for Casey? With herself, you know? With all these things, it starts with you and goes out from there. Uh, I was so inspired, you know, with Casey and meeting her and spending time getting to know her and chatting. Um, and the moment that changed everything her is like super relatable. Y'all gonna be like, mm-hmm. It's so good. So I should, I'm gonna stop yammering. I'm yammering. Um, and let uh, me and Casey, <laughs> me and Casey take it away. Oh, you also notice the intro is different. Mm-hmm. Hear a different voice there, huh? You might recognize him. That was my husband, Daniel. He has the best voice. So, of course, he had to be the intro voice. Okay. Now I'm truly going to stop yammering and let the conversation with me and Casey begin. Hi, I'm here with Casey Oxoy. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Hanging in there with your pregnancy. Ooh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So, uh, well, there I said one thing, <laughs> but what else would you, <laughs> what else would you like everyone else to know about you before we hear your story? Yeah. Um, so I am a sex, love, and relationship coach, and I work primarily with women um, finding their their voice, um, not only sexually but also just in their everyday lives, because I'm a firm believer. If you can have um, deep conversations around sex, you can move those conversations into the boardroom, into your friendships, into your relationships with your family. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I do. And that's what I'm super passionate about. Oh, this is going to be so fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get into it. What... Um, what was the time that you said, our, our little answer here to our question is, um, this can't be my life, or 
um, what's the other one? Just not this is like the, you know, there's a moment where you just kind of like, oh, change is happening, and it and it usually is hindsight that you can tell that that was the moment it happened. Do you have a story to share with us? Yeah, um, yeah, it it happened on vacation. I was on vacation in Turkey. Um, my husband is Turkish, and uh, it was the first time we took my parents to Turkey, and we're staying at this really nice posh hotel and it's beautiful and like I'm looking at my parents like swimming in the uh, in the sea and like I'm being waited on hand and foot and I just had I know it was so idyllic and so beautiful and then I just had this moment of like profound like emptiness I just felt so empty and I was like why do I feel this way? I have everything that I could possibly want in this moment. Why do I feel so disconnected from myself? Why do I feel um, basically numb and kind of dead inside? And that was the moment where I knew like I had come to a crossroads. It's like either I was going to continue down that road and just kind of live this numb, disconnected life or I was gonna choose something different. I didn't know what that was or what that looked like, but I, I decided that, okay, I don't want, I was 30 at the time and I was like, I don't want to feel this way at 30 years old. Like something has to change, something has to, to transform in my life um, in order for me to be happy. That's amazing that it was just this moment of clarity. Yeah. We're like, this should feel, I should feel something right now. This is an amazing moment. I'm not feeling it. Yeah. That's so cool. So like, let's roll it back now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what got you to there? You know, uh, like go from, I don't know, wherever you want, you know, I don't know, being seven or 27 or, yeah. you know, what kind of led you to that day? Yeah. That's a really good question. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, like college, yeah. you made these choices that you took a job you didn't like, I don't know, you know? Well, I think it, it really begins with just childhood, um, to be honest with you. And like this need to please everyone, this need to uh, make sure like everyone else is okay, everyone else's needs are met, everyone is happy, and of course, um, at the detriment of my own happiness. Um, and also just not, to be completely honest, not having a lot of examples of happiness in my household. Um, you know, it, it's like, uh, I'm a child of divorced parents and um, I didn't live with my, my dad um, when I was starting from 15 onward. Um, and it was just me, my mom, and my brother. And, you know, just having having this need to be like, okay, I'm the strong one. I can hold it together. I can hold it together for myself, for my mom, for my brother. And then also I have to get the good grades and I have to go to a good college and I have to get a good job. And it's just all these things that kind of just like piled up, piled up, piled up. Meanwhile, like my true essence was just constantly just being pushed down further, further, and further to the point where um, I, I didn't really know who I was. I didn't know who I was, what I wanted. 
And so I just started searching outside of myself. I was like, okay, well, maybe if I get a good job, this will make me happy. And that was not the case. Or maybe if um, I have the ideal relationship, um, this will make me happy. And I like I did, I found a man who I fell deeply in love with and we're together today. Um, but that wasn't the answer either. And the, the deeper I went into the, like finding the answers outside of myself, um, <laughs> the more I realized <laughs> how I got further and further and further away from myself and, um, and like the understanding of what I truly wanted and what truly made me happy. Um, so it was, it was a, a lot of different things that led up to that moment, um, at 30 years old being like, wait, why do I feel this way? <laughs> right. Right. Like hard stop. <laughs> What's going on? What is yeah. Going on? Um, you know, and, and, it, and also just like saying yes to things when, when I really should have said no and boundaries. Yeah. No boundaries. (laughs) No extending myself constantly. Um, having fallouts with people who really meant a lot to me and not understand. I'm like, like, what happened? Like, why did we have a falling out? I thought I was being the perfect friend for you. (laughs) And, And so it, it was, it was, so many things that led up to to that moment of just like, yeah, I can't I can't live this way anymore. What were you doing for work then? I was actually in film, so I worked at a production company, and I worked in the um, advertising um, portion of the company, and um, it was actually like a very posh job. Um, I really, I really liked it. Um, I started off as the secretary and then ended up becoming the office manager. Um, and you know, at the time film was, I went to film school, film was my passion. Um, advertising at that time, it was like the, the, it was like around 2006, 2007. So at that time, um, ads were treated like many films, it's like the the budgets were huge. And then around 2018 or 2008, when the market crashed, uh, yeah, it's like everything came to a halt. And, um, and then I just didn't see uh, a path in the company anymore um, because everything had just literally come to a halt. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of stuck. And that felt fine for a little bit, but um, I I wanted something more. And so I, I ended up quitting my job, going into marketing, and I did like some freelance stuff for a little bit. And then I found myself with like no job, no path anywhere, and just being like, I don't understand what I'm doing right now. <laughs> None of it made any sense, it right? Made, it did not make any sense at that moment in time. Yeah. <laughs> just like, 
I need to get a job. I need to make money. I worked at an ice cream shop for a while. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, just really in a state of like trying to find myself in every single area of my life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Were you married then? I was. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. made it even tougher. I was, I was young and I was married. Um, my husband is six years older than I. And um, at the time, it didn't seem like a big like age gap, but it's like the more you like, Kind of talk and you realize that you're like in different stages of your life and like how six years there's a lot that happens <laughs> yeah. in six years and uh -huh. so he was a lot more established he knew like he had a, a steady job he had a job that had like a trajectory to it um versus me i was just like floating in the universe just being like <laughs> hey <laughs> i'm here <laughs> What do I do next? I need some guidance. I need some something. Um, so yeah, so that that definitely created uh, a strain in our relationship because yeah, because because he, I th I think a, a lot of our conversations centered around just like what are you doing, you know where are you going what's important to you how are you going to make money um you know important conversation uh that you have when you're in a relationship when you're married right um, and it was coming from a place if he wanted it for you yeah definitely yeah. not like what are you doing but more like what like can i help you form this right, right. And, also, yeah. Yeah, and definitely like a place of like of love and how can I fix it for you? Not knowing like you can't fix it. Fix it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> we have to stop, you heard it here first. No, we gotta stop giving little boys toolboxes to fix everything because they all think they can. <laughs> no, totally. I completely, you know, I completely agree with that. It's like sometimes it's, uh, I just want it to, there were moments where I just wanted to like, talk about what I was going through and just kind of like troubleshoot it myself and just have a sounding uh, like a soundboard to to bounce off of um but like bless my husband's heart he just he was like how can we make this happen for you how can we fix it <laughs> I'm like stop trying to fix it stop trying to fix me <laughs> I am writing this down. Okay, what we need to make a poster of. Ready? I want to be seen. I want to be heard. I don't want to be fixed. Ooh, I love it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So when um, when you were in the beach and, and you had this moment, where was this in relation to like the work? Were you still at the production company? Was this before 2008? Okay, so how long did it take, like, of, of sitting there on the beach? I'm assuming you didn't stand up and be like, I'm going to go start running, and I'm going to make a smoothie for dinner, and, like, all these, like, great things. But I know you had the moment where you were like, okay, things are going to change. Did you have an idea of what you were going to change? Like, was it like, I'm going to stop, I don't know, um, eating fast food six days a week or whatever. I'm just making shit up. I don't think that's what you did. <laughs> you know, like, did you have an idea? Like I, with mine, I was like, okay, I'm going to start with one thing. I was like, I'm going to quit drinking. Like I shouldn't be, 
And then the next one was like, okay, I'm going to start exercising. Like, did you have any idea of what you wanted to do once you knew that it had to change? Yeah. Um, so the first, actually, so I had that moment and literally the, the first thing I did was email a friend. I was supposed to help her with a, um, it was kind of like a, a charity ball type thing that she was, she was doing in, um, Atlanta. And at the time I was living in New York and, um, and I had said yes, knowing like, I was like, that just seems so excessive for me to like go all the way to Atlanta to help throw a charity ball. Like, you know, but I said yes, because I thought that's, that was the right thing to do. So the first thing I did was actually email her and say, Hey, look, um, I'm not going to be able to, to make it. I know I said I would, but this just isn't going to work out. And I'm so sorry um, that I made a commitment that I just can't, I can't keep. And she emailed me back. She was like, oh, it's okay. No worries. Like we have plenty of people helping. Like, I don't, you know, you don't need to come. And I, yeah. And I was like, what? Like, really? <laughs> You're not angry with me? <laughs> and I was like, oh okay so i can say no i can set boundaries and people will actually respect them and understand them i because honestly i've never i had never really experienced that before with a friend it was usually like why did you say yes and you know like you're letting me down down and all those things so that was like such a, a really profound moment for me and then so this 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 is uh, at the time I was working at an ice cream shop and I was miserable because I was like this is not where my life is supposed to be. I'm 30. I'm working at an ice cream shop, and so the next thing for me um, that I decided that was uh, the next thing I decided was I was going to be happy no matter what. I was going to choose happiness. I was not going to complain about where I was in life. I was going to find. Um, for lack of a better word, the silver lining um, of the situation. And so when we got back to uh, New York and I, it was time for me to go back to work, I was like, I am cheerful. I'm going to go. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to ride my bike. I'm going to enjoy that bike ride. And everything changed like because my attitude around my life changed. I was like, you know, I'm not going to mope. I, I refuse to mope around <laughs> and, and that really, that really made a significant difference in how I showed up, um, in my life in general and in, in all parts of my life. And then that kind of led me down the road of like wanting to meditate more, um, wanting to kind of go like inside, like instead of looking on the outside for happiness, like, okay, well, what, what is inside of me that's not working and like what needs to be healed and, um, you know, what tools do I need in order for me to do that? So I started to read lots of um, self-development books, uh, like books by Gabrielle Bernstein and Marianne Williamson and Daniel Laporte. Um, and those were those books were really beautiful and super supportive, and especially Danielle Laporte. Like I just kind of like went into a a um, 
a hole and like never came out for a while. <laughs> and so same thing with Marianne Williamson. And, um, and so I was just like, just reading all these different philosophies uh, around mindfulness, around um, self-empowerment, around self-love. And then, but then there was something that felt like it was missing. Like I, I felt like there was like a key, you know, piece of all, all of this that I was learning that was, that was missing, especially around self-love. And so um, I had remembered uh, a few years back, this woman I had met had mentioned this woman, Mama Gina, and she is, um, she's really amazing. And she's all about women's empowerment, but more around sexuality. And I, so I looked her up and I was like, okay, cool. I'll sign up for her newsletter. Uh, she had a boot camp at the time, like a virtual boot camp, And I was like, maybe I'll join. I was like, I don't know, that sounds excessive. It was too expensive. And I was like, nah, I'll just sign up for a newsletter. That's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. So I signed up for a newsletter. And then like maybe a month later, she um, she um, uh, sends out an email saying, I'm having a free uh, weekend, live weekend in New York. And basically it's a preview of like my four month mastery program for women. So you should come, it's free. I signed up and I was like, great, cool. So the time comes for me to go. And this was in January and New York never has sunny, like warm, sunny days in January. No, nope. Never, <laughs> never. Nope. Nope. So on this particular day, I wake up and I'm like making my way to the auditorium where this live, uh, this live event is going to take place. And um, it's like a beautiful day. Like the sun is out. The sky is blue. It is like, <laughs> it is like a balmy, like 40, you know, it's yeah. like in the 40s and it's balmy. <laughs> And I was just like... The ice is melting. exactly. I was like, this is such a beautiful day. Like, why am I going to waste it inside? What am I thinking? And um, (laughs) I was like, I can call my friends and, like, hang out in the city and, like, do fun stuff. And my brain was just like... As I was like walking, but my body was like, no, you're going. And like my brain was like trying to fight my body and my body's like, you know, just go, go for an hour. If you don't like it, you can leave. Then you can peace out. Yeah, exactly. You can leave. You can do that. I got to go to the restroom, but you grab all your stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, and so I went and that weekend completely transformed my life. It like, it set the stage for where I am now. Oh, interesting. So yeah. I want to hear more. If you can tell me more without, yeah. without giving away Mama Gina's trade secrets. Yeah. Like, you know. <laughs> I can't give Mama Gina's secrets right, away. No. But like, it's uh, basically it's just 
I found my voice that weekend and everything that she was like, I, I had never seen women so alive, so embodied, so excited about like who they were in this world and how they were showing up, supporting one another. And this is like an auditorium filled with like 600 women dancing and crying and like, like screaming because they're like getting in touch with their emotions. And I realized I was like, oh, I've never been in touch with my emotions. I've never been in touch with how I truly feel about anything. And um, I met this one woman who ended up becoming one of my good friends that weekend. And we were both just like, we have to do this course. Like, this is amazing. And if it's just these two days that are like changing my life, what can you imagine what four months is going to do? Right. <laughs> so, so I was like, okay, I really want to do it. And this was really expensive. This was an investment. And I was like, I don't know. I don't have a, like a real job. The ice cream shop tip is not going to pay for this course. And so um, she was like, she was like, well, you just have to call your husband and like, you know, get him on board. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that just sounds really scary, like to ask for something I really want and think that it's going to like transform my life. And she was like, it's OK, you're going to do this like course, even if he says no, we'll figure it out together. And like that didn't compute because I had never really given myself permission to want something and to figure out how to get it no matter what. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about because if he says no, he's it's a no. Right? <laughs> like, there's no way. Babe, I'm not sure if you're married. But... <laughs> and she's like, no, honey. She's like, we're, we're going to figure this out together. Like, just give him a call. So I give him a call and I'm like, hey, uh, I'm having a great time. Uh, I really want to take this course and uh, it cost $5,000. And he's like, okay. And I was like, what do you think? And he's like, well, we'll talk about it when, you get, when we get home. And I was like, okay. And so I hung up the phone and I just like started crying and crying. And she's like, what did he say? And I was like, he said, we'll talk about it when I get home. <laughs> and, and I was just, she's like, it's okay. Like, like I said, you know, and she's like, it's only a thousand dollars to sign up. We'll figure it out. And I was like, okay. So I get home, like I sit down with my husband, we talk about it. And I was like, it's only a thousand dollars just to like sign up if you to reserve. Yeah, like, to reserve. Right. Mm -hmm. I was like, if you help me reserve my seat, I I will pay for the rest. Like figure out the rest. Yeah, yeah. figure out the rest. Like I got this friend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so I paid. Uh, so we got to a point where he, you know a couple of days went by, and he's like, okay, I'll you can go ahead and sign up. And, but like, you have to like figure out the rest. And I was like, okay, okay. So I sign up <laughs> and it's just like, just that, that moment of saying yes to myself, giving myself permission to want what I wanted. Um, it's like, 
the floodgates opened and it's like all of a sudden, uh, I, I, like I was, I was, um, you know, applying to different jobs. Um, I got a interview with, um, a particular job. Um, they gave me two different offers for two different positions. And like all of a sudden I went from making ice cream money to like a stable income (laughs) (laughs) at a a company where um, like I wasn't in love with the work, but I like really loved the people and I really like enjoyed, ended up enjoying going into work and like collaborating with the people that I worked with. Yeah. And then by doing Mama Gina's mastery, it led me to find the coaching program that I ended up uh, signing up for. And I was able to like say yes. I was able to be like, yes, this is what I want to do. I signed up. I paid for it. Um, uh, And it got me on the path of becoming a coach and later on like working with the company. And it's just like, all these beautiful things just kind of like opened up for me and my life was just like never the same. So you said it opened up to working with a company, what company? Um, so, Oh, which one? The one that I'm currently working with. Oh, so this is not the, so you'd had a different one that you started with. So yeah. like after the ice cream shop, yeah. <laughs> you got the job that yeah. you like the people, the work wasn't so, and then what, what was the next work path? Yeah, so I, I got the I got the job. Um, it was uh, another production company, and I worked in uh, doing ad, like ads. It was interesting. They were uh, they were a production company, kind of figuring out their niche, like their market. niche, yeah, mm-hmm. and like what they wanted to do. And so I worked more in like doing like uh, marketing and advertising uh, and like creating pitches for brands and stuff like that. And um, so and while, then did you start like coaching school then? I did. So while I was working there, I was, yeah, I was doing um, the coaching program and um, it was a year intensive. And um, basically what happened was, I was like, okay, I'm doing this coaching thing. This is super important to me. So I put a lot of energy into it. And there was this opportunity where um, it was like a, a business boot camp that took place in Palm Springs. And so I was like, okay, I really want to go to this, this, um, this Palm Springs business boot camp because uh, it will be good for me. It will be good for me to like learn some like business savvy particularly around coaching, um, the coaching business. So I asked my boss if I could go, he kind of gave me a passive aggressive, like, no, but it wasn't (laughs) like a no, it was like, I don't know, (laughs) maybe, maybe, Maybe. (laughs) it's like, maybe you should go like talk to HR about it. And I was like, cause you basically, I was like, cause you don't want to tell me no. Tell me no. (laughs) Yeah. But okay, cool. Go ask mom. Go ask dad. Yeah, he did the. He, my kids in their preschool, if there was like a, a teacher and an assistant, and you got in trouble for doing that. Actually, if you asked the teacher something, and she told you no, but he didn't really tell you no. You went and asked the assistant. That was called splitting. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he like forced you to yeah, split. Yeah, he totally forced me to split. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so to to make a very long story short, um, I I had a conversation with HR. She basically was like, "No, sorry, you don't have the days." Um, even though I was like, I gave this, this long plan of like how I can work remotely and like how I make myself available and why going to this business boot camp would support them and my skills and like how, what I could bring back to the company, all that. They were like, no, we're not interested. And so, um, I went home, had a conversation with my husband. I was like, look, honey, I was like, I really want to coach. This is really important to me. Um, there's a business boot, like the boot camp that I want to go to in Palm Springs. I already put in the deposit, but you know, work is saying, no, I can't go. And he was like, well, you have to go. And I was like, first of all, I was like, really? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Sure. I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, just like have a conversation with them and like see where, where it goes. I was like, okay, cool. So that was over the weekend. Monday I go in and I have a conversation with my boss and the the woman who ran our HR department. And I was like, hey, uh, you know, I was trying to like finesse it, trying to be like, how can I make this work? Right. And, and like the more I was talking, I was like stumbling over my words and I heard this voice inside of me go, Casey, just like, say what you mean and I was like okay yeah you're right so I go all right so this is really important to me and if I am not you know if you aren't going to let me go and this isn't going to work for you um then I'm going to have to leave and they were like what I was like if this isn't going to work, like, I'm going to have to leave. I'm going to, I'm going to quit. I have, right. I have to go to this. Yeah. Thing. And, um, the HR woman was like, so let me get this straight. If we don't let you go to this business, like boot camp thing, like you are going to quit. I was like, yes. She's like, okay. I was like, okay. And I got up. And I felt I had no regrets. I knew I had made the right choice. It felt good. And um, I go home and I was like, uh, so I quit my job today. <laughs> and my husband was like, uh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> you said. <laughs> you know? I was like, you said I had to go. <laughs> and um but then he was like, no, I, I support you. And, um, and so, so yeah, I, I quit my job. Um, I went to the business bootcamp. It was amazing. And then, um, around towards the end of the program, um, Layla, um, Layla Martin, the woman who, um, teaches the program, she was like, um, yeah, she, she reached out to me and was like, uh, I would love for you to come on as a mentor for our, for next year. And, you know, this is what it will look like. Think about it. If you're interested, you can apply. And so I applied and, 
um, I became a mentor for the for the following coaching program year, and then I became a mentor again for the 2019 class, and then I also became the assistant program director um, for that year, and and then now I work for their their membership um, portion of the the company. So you ended up getting a job at the, I got it at yeah. the business bootcamp company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah, the company the that put it on. Program. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. You knew you had to go. Yeah, I knew I had to go. I didn't know what was going to happen, but <laughs> I knew I had to go. <laughs> and you're right. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, and so that kind of leads us perfectly, you know, this, um, like, you know, how this has changed your life, how, you know, between sitting on the beach and having this moment of like, I'm not feeling anything to now, like you're living this purpose, you're living this, you know, you've taken that story that straight up, like, this is the shit I'm in and got your way through that. And now you're like, here I am, let me help you, you know? And so that's, that's a lot of these stories that I'm hearing are as people, um, living into their purpose after they've gone through this, this journey. Um, but actually before we get that, um, cause I'd love to talk to you about like, um, what you, you know, do for your work, um, in case, you know, anybody wants to hear more about it. Um, but before that, um, we talked a little bit about it. I love to talk about the tools that we used. Like you said, it's a meditation. Like, did you get into, uh, I don't know, um, gymnastics or something you know what I always like to share like do you have a morning routine do you um yoga do you run do you like what are the things that in that moment when you knew like you you wanted to feel things and be alive uh therapy uh counseling uh I don't know like what what tools do you have to share yeah long question <laughs> um no the the first one was really meditation um, was really um, getting quiet and still with myself. Um, I, I, I love meditation in the sense of like, it allows me to get still with myself and like, you know, return to my body and my breath. Um, but I wouldn't say I'm like a huge, I'm not a practitioner of it. I don't, I don't really teach it. Uh, it's just like a very simple, like, five, 10 minute, okay, let me like reconnect with my body. Um, and then um, honestly, w w journaling is huge for me. Um, journaling and mindset work is huge. Um, I really, really love just understanding how I think, why I think that way, what subconscious beliefs I'm still holding on to, with stories I'm still telling myself and like really um, reframing those stories and beliefs and rewiring my brain to think in a different way. Um, and that when I start reading um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, um, particularly changing the habit of being yourself, like that really like blew my mind open and just being like, oh, I can basically repattern myself to be someone completely different and be someone that I really truly want to be. And um, that has been super supportive. 
Also, embodiment work, like getting into my body, whether it's through dancing, like I love dancing, just putting on my headphones and cleaning the house and dancing and getting in my body and like, what does that feel like? Whether I'm happy, sad, angry, um, whatever comes up and just moving those emotions through my body. Um, I also, um, breath work has been really like transformational um, because it, it really allows you to release energy and patterns that have built up inside of your body over the years, like all the way back into childhood and, and basically releasing it with the breath and um, like acknowledging those moments and then being able to come to peace with the moments um, that you've experienced um, in life, but through, through deep breathing and um, an oxygenation of your entire body. Oh. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are like, those are like my, usually my go-to tools. Yeah. So want to tell us a little bit about um, the work that you do. So if, you know, someone signs up, Again, not without giving us your trade secrets, whatever, <laughs> just like an overview of like what you do now, like yeah. how they, how have you been able to take the work from yourself and apply it to others? Yeah. Well, my big thing is understanding how you feel. I think a lot of times we don't understand how we're feeling. Um, a lot of it is just reactionary. Um, and we don't really take a moment to be like, wait, why am I feeling the way I feel? Why am I reacting the way that I'm reacting? Um, that was a huge, um, that was a huge tool for me with my husband, especially when we were going through like a really tough time in our marriage and our relationship without me breaking down into tears. And like, and it would make him upset and it would make me more upset and we just couldn't communicate. And so when I started to really understand um, what I was feeling in that moment, even if I didn't under understand what I was feeling, but I was just feeling something, it was able, I was able to stop what was happening in that moment and just say, hey, Something you said triggered an emotion inside of me. I don't even know what is happening, but can you give me a second to just like really have a moment, go deep, understand like what is like what triggered me, what I'm feeling, and then we can come back to this conversation. And at first it was kind of weird for both of us for me to be like, <laughs> wait a second, I need to like, Go go within. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to unload first, right? Yeah. Like, nope. Yeah, I've learned that when I feel like when you, when, like I can, I say I feel it here. When I feel it here, I know it's time to back away. Yeah. Like when I'm flooded. Yeah. 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 That's a. Yeah, I I love that because uh, for me it was like my heart 
like I feel it in my heart and my chest and it's like if this feels heavy yeah that feel constricted yeah I want to like close in on myself um and I want to for sure everyone if you're li- if you're listening yeah you're listening like this is just a tiny little thing you if you start paying attention you can feel your reactions when you are coming you will be speaking and acting from a place of emotion when you can actually feel it in your body you can feel yourself getting warm you can watch your body posture like all the things happen once you start paying attention so start noticing it for yourself yeah Yeah, it's very powerful it's very and it's so simple and like it's it's a simple tool that can have like a huge effect in how you communicate with other people um and so so yeah, once I, for me, like being embodied, learning how to be embodied really transformed um, my life. And so that's something that I teach other women in like my, uh, when I coach, it's like, get embodied, get in your body, get in your body. Because <laughs> um, when you're able to be like, oh, that triggered me, oh, that was, that's actually like, it's not what you said. It's like you triggered like this old wound inside of me that I have yet to heal. And so that reminded me of the time that like my father put me down and he had this tone of voice that caused me to like feel less confident in myself. And so when you use this tone of voice with me, that's where I go. I like my body has a memory of, being being spoken to in a way that doesn't allow me to feel like empowered and and so when you're able to articulate that for yourself and then articulate it to someone who you know that yeah who's safe um then you're able to have like an effective conversation and then if that happens in a situation where you're you can't really articulate it in that way you're able to take power back from the situation. You're able to be like, okay, well, this happened. This was my reaction. And then I can choose to um, how, I, how I move forward with that person. Um, and it just really allows you to feel powerful. Mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. It reminded me of... Um something you said earlier, we weren't feeling anything. It's like when we mute our feelings, you don't just mute the bad ones, you mute them all, you know? And so it takes time to get back into all of them. Fear, anger. I have a poster in like the pantry of all the wheel of emotions. And my daughter just yesterday was like, um, what'd she say? I'm feeling isolated. So I'm feeling scared. Cause it like goes from like greater into the, the main six. And I was like, yeah, what are you feeling isolated about? Are you feeling isolated about where we live up on this hill? Or are you feeling isolated about, you know, coronavirus experience, you know, of being isolated from um, schoolmates? And she said, I guess all of it. (laughs) It was just like a brief little snippet, but it was like, ah, great. We tapped into emotion. Yeah. Carry on with your granola bar, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share with us about your work? Yeah. Um, and then also we really focus on desire 
and what is like blocking you from what you desire, what you truly want, um, especially um, my experience in being a woman, it's like your desires is everyone else's desires around you. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm so glad you got a handle on this before you become a mom. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Oh. Girl, so much better to go at that with a clear mindset. <laughs> yes, no, I'm doing a lot of mindset work about becoming a mother. Yeah, I'm def I'm doing a, a lot and like and understanding yeah, does that, like it's okay to have a desire for for something that is outside of the scope of being a wife and a mother. Uh, it's okay to have a a desire out of the scope of what people expect you to to want in your life. Um, and and then also understanding like, well, what's blocking you from that? Like, why aren't you giving yourself permission to actually go after that desire to actually manifest it and create it? Um, and then a lot, and then a lot of it has to do with um, also like who you are as a sexual, sensual being, as a woman. Um, for me, I think a lot. Well, a lot of that gets cut off very early. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and a lot of that gets uh, gets cut off by society, by parents, by uh, by friends, by peers. Um, and so having the space to like reclaim and define your sexual central self for your, for yourself and understanding what that looks like, what that feels like and how you want to incorporate that into your relationship, uh, whether it's with your partner or, you know, within your marriage or, you know, with your lover, whatever that looks like for you, whatever that like fulfills you. Um, is so important because once you start to cut yourself off from your sexual, sensual self, um, which in my personal opinion is a source of energy, it's a source, it's like, a, it's a, it's life force energy, um, you become depleted, <laughs> you become <laughs> so depleted and you have really nothing to give other people um, when you cut yourself off from experiencing your your sexual and sensual desires. Mm -hmm. And that was the piece that you said that you were looking for when you were uh, seeing programs or whatever. It was that piece. It was that like actual physical sexual being piece. And yeah. that's amazing. And that's like, I was so happy to read that. Like I read your website and I was like, oh, <gasps> this is amazing. Like, <laughs> yes, there's so much shame wrapped up. It starts at a, you know, young age. And I imagine that's a lot of the work is like peeling off the shame. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, let me guess, I'm not an expert in your field, but everybody knows what they like and what they want, what they can do, but it's been covered up. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been covered. It's been covered up through conditioning. Um, you know, whether it's religious or just like, this is how we grew up. This is, you know, your, yeah, your, your familial sh shame, your ancestral shame. Uh, yeah. your like the, the peer shame. Previous partners. Previous, you know? par yes. Previous mm -hmm. partners. Like, 
assault shame. Yeah, being assaulted. Like, <laughs> there's so many layers of shame to to get through. And and so whenever one of the things that I like, uh, like I, my friends or just people when they find out what I do, they're like, well, what is like your number one thing? Like, what's your number one go-to? And I'm like, get to know yourself first and foremost. Get to know your body. Get to know what feels good. Get to know what doesn't feel good. And because once you have that language, once you have the understanding, you're able to articulate that to the person that you're in a sexual relationship with. But you can't you 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 can't be empowered around your sexuality if you don't know um what feels good <laughs> right like you're you can't have somebody cook you dinner if you don't tell them what you want exactly <laughs> you want a burger but you they're making you lasagna and you're like all right sure lasagna sounds good but in your head you're like i kind of want a burger you gotta sit <laughs> or you don't know whether you want the burger or the lasagna you gotta know yeah, no, you have exactly you have to know. And that and, and then again and, and going back to like that translates to other parts of your life. If you're yeah. able if you're able to be like, hey, in in bed, if you're able to be like, hey, I yeah. really don't like it when you do this, but I love <laughs> yes. it when you do this, you can be able to like go out into your everyday life and be like, Oh, actually, I don't. I don't like red wine. I love white wine. Can yep. I have some white wine? Please? White wine. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's so funny you say that. that little polite conversation thing. It's so interesting. I can. I've. I've started to pay attention to that. Of like, um, let's say you have somebody over your house. You're like, would you like something to drink? You know, and everyone's like, no, 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 no. Say yes. It's fine. You can have it. You know yeah. what I mean? Or you're at a party. Eat the food that somebody has put out. Have the cake. Do the things. Yeah. Exactly. That's what for, you know? Exactly. You, yeah. Exactly. Same. Which is another like which is another thing that I coach around is like pleasure. Like mm. mm-hmm. please enjoy your life. Yes. Please enjoy, please enjoy your life. That's probably gonna be the title of this episode. <laughs> please enjoy your life. Please enjoy your life. Like Pleasure, uh, and and also, it's, I yeah. Um, whenever I do, like I teach some, like I teach a class on pleasure, or I just like talk about pleasure. Pleasure doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to take a doesn't have to take a long time. It doesn't mean like you have to go to the spa and drop like five hundred dollars. Like for me, having flowers in my home is pleasurable. Girl, same. Yeah, like. <laughs> And like my husband does not get it. He's like, "Why do we need flowers?" I'm like, "Because they're beautiful and they bring me pleasure." Okay, we just do. We just do you know? Do. This is total, total true moment. I was at the grocery store when the COVID all started happening. It was the first time I've been in the grocery store since everything was like going wild. I wept. <laughs> I had little tears streaming down my face because the floral department was closed and I couldn't grab the seven dollar bouquet of flowers I buy every time straight up cried i was like everyone's like freaking out around you and i'm like there's no flowers (laughs) where are the flowers oh they bring me joy (laughs) yeah i know i mean every time we go to the grocery store like when we go to whole foods for our weekly run i grab a bouquet of flowers yeah i'm like i like i have i have to have flowers i also like candles bring me so much pleasure um like just being surrounded by things that are beautiful and inspirational to me brings me so much pleasure and it allows me to like 
go into my like go into my body and allows me to feel like nourish my nervous system. I feel less anxious. I I feel I feel good and you know when I feel good that means I can bring joy to everyone around me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it ripples out. Yeah. Oh, it ripples it does. out. So I think we should start wrapping things up, even though I feel like we could talk for hours. This is what happens, by the way. I get on these and I'm like, oh, I could talk for hours <laughs> about this. So, um, okay. I have, this is a new thing. I've got some questions. Okay. They're quick. A lot of simple answer questions or actually, is there anything I always, is there anything you want to go over before we like move on to my little silly questions? Yeah, no, I guess like throughout this whole journey, and one of the things that makes me love support women in their own journey is just like we, in my opinion, we need more just like alive, um, like women who are connected to themselves, to their to their bodies, to their purpose, um, to their joy, to their bliss uh, in this world. Uh, if we, if, like, we need it now more than ever. Um, and yeah, no. And so it's just, I hope that something resonated and like what I said, and I mean, it, and it doesn't take much. It just really make, takes a choice. You just. Okay. I have a quote for you. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs, what the world needs is people who have come alive. Yes. That was Howard Thurman. Yes. Yeah. yes. I, I was doing that terrible thing where I, you were listening to you, but I was looking for something. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, was still I love listening. it. I love but it. But it was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. We need the people to come alive and to live into their life and live into their pleasure. Just all the things you're saying. 100%. Okay. Here's my silly questions. What was your first car? Oh, a Mazda Protege. Ooh, what color was it? It was like a pearl, like a like a beige pearl color. Ooh, love yeah. it. Uh, when did you get your first period? Oh, I was ten. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Toilet paper over under or you don't care? Over. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to let my answer out of the bag. It's like, I don't even know how you could do under. <laughs> Same. All right. Do you own a Lizzo album? Yes. Okay, good. Like I, I have this on there just to make sure everyone I talk to has at least one. I have both. I have both. Yes. We listen to it like every day. Uh, All right. What's your favorite song? Um, Right now is, I think it's Heaven Help Me. Oh, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. On the on the latest one. Yeah, my family. It was like back in the uh, winter. I remember driving to. We played in the car. We played on the boat. Uh, the um, the phone. <laughs> I lost my phone. Oh. <laughs> Where the hell my phone? Where the hell my <laughs> we were stuck on that one back in the winter. <laughs> but now it's summer. We're anyway. cilantro. Yes or no? Yes. Mm, okay. When you drink a latte, what milk do you get? Um, if they don't have oat milk, then I just get 2%. Okay. Oat milk. I own a coffee shop, so that's like... <laughs> <laughs> a little market yeah. research. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was like, oh, I need to know this about everyone. Um, winter, spring, summer, or fall? 
Ooh. Okay. So now that I live in LA, mm-hmm. uh, summer mm-hmm. and fall. Um, when I lived in New York, it was fall. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally a regional thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where are you in the birth order, your family? I am the first. The first. The out first of... of four. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What was your kindergarten teacher's name? Oh, wow. I, I actually don't remember? remember. Oh, this is going to be fun to know people. Yeah, know. I don't remember. Uh-huh. Tell me three kitchen appliances you have. <laughs> oh, I just... Okay, so we have an espresso. Uh-huh. We have a Vitamix, Vitamixer. Mm-hmm. And, um... Um, oh, and then we have a, um, a mixer, just like a hand mixer. I've been doing a lot of baking. Oh, a quarantine baking. Yeah, quarantine baking. <laughs> sourdough? <laughs> I, so I was trying to do the whole sourdough thing, and then I was like, I give up because bread, for one, is just so fickle. And yeah. I was just like, I'd just rather bake something that I know for sure is going to come out. <laughs> Muffins. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. I made blueberry muffins yesterday. <gasps> yes. I <laughs> used to bake for our shops. Oh, my gosh. The cookies and muffins and bread that I made. Yeah. Wow. And I have celiac, so I can't. I have yeah, I have to have gluten-free everything. So I, I don't bake bread during the quarantine. Because <laughs> <laughs> gluten-free bread is just like <laughs> whatever, you know. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's not. It's yeah, it's not like this idyllic like baking bread experience when it's gluten free. It's like, oh, it's edible. <laughs> anyway, um, so then the last, of course, um, where can people find you? Where they can connect with you? Yeah, you can uh, find me at um, Wild Sexy Free on Instagram, and then uh, wildsexyfree.com, uh, which is my website. Those are pretty much the two the two places perfect and then i always remind people they can find me on instagram and my website and i have a facebook page and it's lajoy society which is l-a-j-o-i-e society um all right so that brings us in and i'll say thank you again thank Thank you you for being here casey my pleasure everything up to this point has led me here and Cards left on tables and cards played